Linda Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of Connections Radio is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, and most of all, get us connected. So our show today on Connections is produced in partnership with RISE. RISE is the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And Asma Mohammed is our co-host. Welcome, Asma. Hello, hello. Glad to be back. I am so glad you're here. You are an amazing advocacy director. Thank you. And you also lead trainings. You speak on issues. You've been in the news lately. I've seen you in my Star Tribune and other places (laughs) confronting issues and doing it beautifully. Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you you for all you do. I try on Wednesdays. It's Wednesday. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday? I try on Thursdays. You know what? I'm fasting and not even water, so okay. it's getting to me. I should I should let our audience know that it's not Saturday that we've recorded. We've actually doing a pre-record here on Thursday. So when you hear us talking about other days, it's just because we're having a great time on Thursday pre-recording this. We are. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, um, we're about halfway through the month of Ramadan. So if I say anything that makes no sense, you get to not blame it on me. <laughs> well, you have been doing a lot of work in advocacy, and you've the session has just been closed. Is that right? Yes, session adjourned, um, and then final negotiations are being updated um, today. Uh-huh. So a lot of negotiations I learned about this morning. Um, people, legislators were at the Capitol until like 3, 4 a.m., figuring out like which bills they can actually pass in those big omnibus bills. Um a lot of frustrating news, and um, so give us an update. What's yeah. up? So now you get to look at me again. Um, so we, so just on the bill. And for those of you that are wondering why she said you can look at me again, Asma is also doing a Facebook. So you can also look oh. us up on Facebook later. There you go. She, she's doing a double duty here with yes. being fa- Facebook live on Thursday as well as doing a pre-record for the yes. show. So pre-recording, living, all that. So you get to get the full experience. Um, but at the Capitol over the past uh, several weeks, we've been pushing. So conference committees have been hearing bills that um, you know are going to be heard by the Senate and the House. So they conference together and they hear those bills and then they can decide together like what they want to do with those bills. So um, for example, we were in committee in the Public Safety and Judiciary Committee. So that was a conference committee between the House and Senate as well. And they heard our bill around sexual, um, eliminating the statute of limitations for sexually violent crimes. So that was that went into the public safety omnibus bill, which is just like a big imagine like a really big sandwich bill that has all the public safety type of bills that didn't get passed individually. Um, So this went into that. And then in negotiation, some of those things come out and some of those things don't. And then, you know, the governor has to like sign off on, you know, what ends up passing through negotiations. That bill was not included in negotiations. So the statute of limitations that you were fighting to help. overturn having a statute of limitations uh, with rape and sexual assault has been taken out. Are you planning to um, bring it up again next session? Um, So RISE will not. So RISE is nonpartisan and we don't lobby or anything like that, but I personally probably will. Um, And with my friend for Break the Silence and then there are other folks who've been really involved who want to see that bill passed. So we'll we'll work on it again. I know that. But a bill that was passed is so we work um, in, you know, we work with MinCASA, which is the Minnesota Coalition Against Sexual Assault, and their bill for having a task force around this um, was included in negotiations. But what that means is that, like, People get to take two years for this task force, like, or a year up for this task force, and then make recommendations, which may not be included. So, which mm-hmm. is which is frustrating. And like, I think we need like real bills. I think task forces are great, but we just had a task force with the attorney general's office around sexual assaults, and it didn't result in any concrete bills. Just like, you want to see a law? Yes, I want to see a law. I want to see a lot. So frustrated. Um, For those of you that are following our immigration reform stuff, um, the driver's license for all bill was also killed there. Um, So it was killed in negotiations between Gazelka Walls. What was your hope in that bill? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that was not a bill that Rise worked on in the beginning. We kind of, so like Rise, again, we don't like actually bring bills forward. We don't lobby. But when a bill like, you know, um, aligns with an issue that we care about, which for example is like immigration justice and immigration reform, 
people that are undocumented still deserve to have driver's license. It's unsafe to have people like not be able to drive or like you know feel like they need to, they want to drive but they can't because they don't have access to a driver's license. Um, a driver's license is literally like an ID that proves that you are living here, that you have access, that you can drive a vehicle, that you can do it safely. And when we are telling people, nope, you can never get a driver's license, then they're gonna dr- they're still gonna drive but do it unsafely. Right. They're not gonna go through the test. Nor will they necessarily have insurance. Or- exactly. Right. And so like we are making everyone safer by having that. And beyond that, people deserve to have driver's licenses like. Why is that a big deal? So it's frustrating. Um, We also were working on the Teachers of Color Act. um, So that would increase. Currently, the teachers of color in Minnesota are at 4%. 4% of -hmm. teachers in Minnesota are teachers of color. 96% are white. And we have at least 20 to 25%. People of color in Minnesota. Yes, so so like, it's a uh, that differential. It's dismal. Right. It's dismal, and right. it's growing. That number right. is growing. Um, so that was actually also, um, as far as we know, killed in the Education Finance Committee. Like after it went through committee, um, but we think it was killed in negotiations. Some of those things haven't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were also working on getting menstrual products in schools. We don't know where that is right now, but our assumption is that even though it's a bipartisan bill, all of these are bipartisan. Still think it might have been killed. It must be frustrating for you to work for as many months as you did on a bill and believe in it and see it go from one um, one place to the next through the system, and then to at the very end find out that many of them did not get through. Yeah, and I think this is why people get really frustrated with politics. People are like, I I really care about this thing. It didn't happen. Now, like I have no, there's no point. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of every session that feels unsuccessful. That's how I, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my good friends, Sarah Super, who has been working with me on this bill, reached out and was like, "How are you feeling?" And I was like, "Honestly, last year was really sad. This year, I'm angry mm-hmm. because we've been working on this on these a lot of these bills for several years, and to see it constantly get pushed down, even though it has bipartisan support, even though it's being talked about constantly in the news, people still don't want to see these things pass because." what it would do is change the balance of power and be more equitable. And that's a problem for people that have power. So, yeah, annoyed, angry, frustrated, all those things. And also probably inspired to help get more people elected that support your issues. Yes, there are issues. There are a lot of people that I think take uh, take time away from the Senate, maybe like a lifetime, just just like walking away from the Senate (laughs) or the House. Um, And there are some people who have become allies and I had no idea that they would be those. So um, I want to see that. And I also want to see more people who look like me, who think like me at the Capitol lobbying for these things. Of course, like it's important that we have those people in power, but they need to see people like us to show that, you know, we care about these issues too. These issues that affect every Minnesotan affect me, affect Hiba, affect you. So like all of us need to be showing up or like calling and connecting in a way that feels authentic to us. You said that sometimes there have been things that surprise you. Mm -hmm. Tell me what surprised you. Yeah, so um, this year, so we, as we were working on the statute of limitations bill, um, Sarah and I were there a lot. And so I was there outside of my time with RISE, and I was just, like, spending a lot of my time, like, trying to work with people to get this bill passed. And so, this bill was the... Um, eliminating the statute of limitations for criminal, um, criminal sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And so Aisha Gomez was our House representative um, and our House author. We got a lot of Republican support. We got democratic support it was just it was great it felt really really good to get that and then in the senate same thing we had um two republican authors and then three democratic authors so it was just like it felt really good and i was like people on both sides of the aisle are seeing this as an issue that affects everyone because nobody nobody gives a damn which political party you you know you represent when you're being sexually assaulted like it happens to everyone um so we went and we this was heard in a conference committee and in that committee, Senator Latz was really insensitive in his comments and, like, asked, like, what about the falsely accused? What about, basically, like, what about the men? And um, it was just very, like, much, it very much fell into, like, ideas that rape culture, you know, it was upholding rape culture. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating. I left that meeting angry, crying, and was like, I'm going to vote them out. We're going we're gonna to do something. 
But then we met with him afterwards. He apologized for what happened. We talked through why it was frustrating. And he was like, okay, give me time. I want to think through some of this. I want to talk to some experts that know traumatic memory. Um, And because what he was saying is people are going to forget over time. And I was like, well, no, I still remember from 15 years ago what happened Mm -hmm. to me, like, very clearly. Mm -hmm. So um, in end, it took him a couple of weeks but just in two weeks, he completely changed. Wow. He changed not only his vote, but he publicly apologized and he called on other people to do the same, which was like incredible. So that to me, it shows like you can change, right? That you don't, even if you start out some way, that you can change who you, like where you stand on an issue um, when you actually take the time to listen to the people most affected. So he took time to listen to Sarah and I, and he was like, you know, he recognized that he had a lot of blind spots there and then finally made the decision to change his vote. I think it's easy if you haven't had a chance to connect with someone who's experienced it mm-hmm. to have some assumptions. Yes. Um, and it's an unconscious bias, perhaps, that comes up that uh, one just assumes it can't be that bad. Yeah, uh, exactly. But and- when you make the connection with someone who's gone through mm-hmm. hell um, and they share that experience... Mm-hmm. I can't imagine someone not having empathy yeah. and wanting to do something more. Yeah, we're live right now. And so one of my friends, Rachel Joseph, who leads Survivors Lead, just said survivors are the experts. And that's exactly it. The people who are most impacted should be leading on these issues. Because we see legislators who have never experienced like the kind of struggles that their constituents are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And they're making bills about them. Right? So like we want people who understand us. And in order to understand us, either we have to be in power or the, we, they need to listen better. Well, in our next segment, what I'm excited about is your mentoring of uh, individuals to go into advocacy. And we'll have Hiba Hassan share with us about her experience in doing her (laughs) first time at the Capitol. What was that like and what did you learn? So, Hiba, do you want to just say a couple things and then we'll, we'll go to break? Yeah, uh, well, I am a 19-year-old psych pre-law student at the U of M, uh, and I've been interested in advocacy for a while. I got into law because I wanted to work with people. Well, we'll hear more from Hiba in our next segment. And uh, thank you, Asma, for giving us kind of an overview of what's up. Uh, You may be frustrated, but uh, you've got a lot of people that believe in you and are going to work with you to help make it happen. We'll be right back after some announcements and commercials. Thanks for staying with us at Connections. Wild dancing, boisterous music, and a love story set against the backdrop of the Bosnian War. Park Square Theater presents Heaven by Theater in Residence Flying Foot Forum. A tale of finding common ground rather than fighting those who are different from us. Friendship, love, and painfully beautiful moments come to life through heart-stopping percussive dance. Balkan party music performed by Orkiz star BZ May. And driving songs by Chan Polig of the suburbs. Heaven runs May 31st through June 23rd. Find out more at parksquaretheater.org. This is Paul Metzer telling you about a great event called Boom Boom Outgoes Childhood Cancer Number 9, a benefit for St. Jude's Children's Hospital Research Center in Memphis, Tennessee. It's happening at Grumpy's Northeast Saturday, June 8th, 2019, 1 to 8 p.m., $10 at the door. Features great musicians like Alicia Corbett, Tiny Darling, Porcupine, and Tom Nichols. Grumpy's is located at the corner of 22nd Avenue and 4th Street, the coolest club in town for a great event. Make it on down. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the Eastside their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. 
No one beats Warner Stellion. No one. Our passion is earning your business, and we've guaranteed applying savings for nearly 70 years. But the Warners know there's more to it than just offering the lowest price. So we've hired and we've trained the very best people to make every step of your appliance buying experience simple and fun. Now through June 3rd, Warner Stellion will save you even more with exclusive in-store specials. Go to warnerstellion.com or come on in for full details. Choose Minnesota's own Warner Stellion. Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait, but waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your All Energy Solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com. show where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz and I'm glad you've made the connection. Today we are co-producing our production with our partners Rise and Rise represents reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. Asma Mohammed is our co-host. Welcome Asma. Hello everyone. And thank you for sharing the issues that you were addressing in this last legislative session and some of the things that you've pushed for, yeah. uh, it's a tough road. It is. Not all of those things that we believe in can uh, can see the light of day in terms of getting voted on, yeah, but it's the process. Have, exactly, and we have a very divided uh, legislature right now. Um, as y'all know, the House co- the House is controlled by the DFL and the Senate is controlled by the GOP. So we are seeing a lot of that come out in the negotiations we're seeing right now. Um, so it's hard. It was really, really hard, I know, for the governor to get a, bi- a budget bill that everyone really believed in. So everyone had to give up something. Everyone had to compromise, yep. So, so you've brought a guest today. And I'd, I'd like you to introduce Hiba. Yeah. So Hiba here is a sophomore at the University of Minnesota. Um, Hiba and I met because Hiba's mom is actually really involved with the sisterhood. And then she started bringing Hiba around and was like, you know, my daughter is really interested in doing legislative advocacy. She is pre-law. Um, so, you know, she would be interested in coming. So last year, we went to the Capitol to talk about a lot of the, some of the same things, but we're, um, you know, talking about how, like, just how our legislators can listen to us more effectively. And Hiba came in and, like, just impressed me right away. Um, and then this year, I was like, Hiba, I want you to come back. And Hiba was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. And came in as this expert who was like, I already know how this person's going to feel about this bill. Um, like, and when I was apologizing for how people were reacting to some of the bills, like, you know, some of our uh, more angry white men in the in the house, um, she was like, no, I already knew. And then one thing that struck me, and I'm just going to call you out right here, Hiba, is that after I was like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, I'm going to run against him. Good so. for you, Hiba. Good for you. So you were hanging around the rise with your mom. Something must have clicked that said something to you about how important this is that you want to do more. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, uh, well, my personal involvement in advocacy, I have to say, probably started up when like Donald Trump was elected as president. Uh, that left a huge impact on me. And that's when my family started um, going to marches and attending rallies and just becoming more active as a unit. And because of that, I felt like, you know, there's so much more that I can do beyond just attending these. I can talk about it with my friends. I can talk about it on air, which I did last year when I was hosting um, a radio show at, at the University of Minnesota in Morris. Uh, and then my mom started bringing me around to like rise events and i remember the very first one i went to last year uh going into that room and having this expectation that okay this is going to be a conversation i'm going to talk about an issue Um, my representative is going to listen to it and we're going to come to some sort of middle ground and what i found was that he not only didn't seem interested in what i had to say but it was like he had tuned us out completely like we sat down and we pitched him from this list of legislation um, that we that we wanted him to consider, and and these are things you believe deeply. In. Yes, yes, very much so. And he had no response. He kind of gave us the generic, like, "Well, thank you for coming in. I'm really glad that you care very much about these, but unfortunately, it's a no for me for 
reasons that, you know, like I, I stopped listening at that point because they weren't valid to mm-hmm. me. Um, well, and this year he yeah. gave you different reasons. You want to talk a little bit more about those? Oh, yeah. So uh, so this year in January, when I went with the Muslim Jewish Women Coalition through RISE, uh, we went and talked about the Teachers for Color Act, um, eliminating the statute of limitations. We talked about menstrual equity. And I sat down and I pitched to him, you know, about the statute of limitations. And he said, well, uh, the thing is, is that the longer we let, um, the longer we allow people to stay silent, the less evidence there's going to be in these cases. So there's not really a point, um, which is crazy because, you know, you can have as much evidence as you're able to get. I mean, I've, I've sat in on trials before in, through my internship that I did last summer. I sat in on a trial where we had, we had a witness, we had medical proof of an assault that had occurred, and the guy still got away with it. So you can have every single element of proof there, and people will still, you know, well, the, the, other, the perpetrator. Well, the other frustrating thing is if uh, within seven years, you know, sometimes the court systems run so slow mm-hmm. that actually I've, I've heard of rape kits being thrown away. Yes, and that happened a lot in Minnesota. They were destroyed, mm-hmm. like, in the whole labs. Like, they just would be like, nothing's happening with this. And, um, but, like, I remember with with menstrual equity that Mm -hmm. there was one specific thing that he said oh yeah (laughs) i just like i I want you to talk about it just because it i want people to react yeah so so he talked about menstrual equity and uh and first he didn't understand like why would we be providing girls with um with free tampons or free pads in schools and and i explained that well a lot of girls don't have like the education for it or they don't have access to it so they just don't come to school and it's not fair and he said that he wouldn't be able to support this because some men might argue that men menstruate as well and therefore they no. need yeah no yeah he no. said that he said that and i was like i, mean, I knew <laughs> that there's sometimes a disconnect with biology but that one's like a really big disconnect yeah yeah and i and i stopped and i was like okay i'm not to be rude but can you explain that to me a little further and he was like well i wouldn't say that but i'm just saying well, some good. some other men might argue that that men menstruate as well so we would have to it, it this might be discriminatory towards them because they're not getting the proper resources well i think that you probably would allow the pads for them too yes, if, if, exactly. if that's an issue that we're unaware of i will i will go in there. i think it might be a freak of nature but honestly <laughs> no, but there are some gender non-conforming people who like yeah. right you know might you know like might need menstrual products and like in that case everyone should have access to them exactly every single person so menstrual equity isn't just saying like every everyone who identifies as a girl deserves them it's like literally everyone who says like i need a pad or a tampon gets a pad or a tampon exactly is it it that difficult if his (laughs) if his issue was that oh if it's only for girls it's unfair then i would have said then let's make it for everybody but that wasn't his issue his issue is that it would be something discriminatory towards men because men aren't getting free tampons and pads out of this i'm so sorry y'all were discriminated against because (laughs) Bi- biology sort of <laughs> turned out that way. Yeah. And uh, and the Teachers for Color Act was just another thing that became so messy so quickly. I, this was the, the final thing on the list that I was going to talk to him about. I already had an idea of where this conversation was going. So I proposed the Teachers for Color Act, and he said it would be reverse discrimination. Because if there are people who are... if we have people of color who are equally qualified to, to like, white people, then they should be getting the jobs themselves. As if there's no... Um, well, yeah. there's no discrimination. There's no discrimination. Well, there, there are no barriers, Lori. Have you? I don't know. I don't know. I just. I really think we've made all this up. Well, I, I think what happens, which is unfortunate, they don't understand that there is value in cultural intelligence, exactly. and that there is a skill of being able to have cross-cultural communication that allows people to have a deeper and richer, and that it makes for a better school system, it makes for a better teaching environment, it makes for better students of to course. have multicultural. I grew up in prior like Minnesota, and I my family is one of the very few like colored families in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I didn't have, I, I don't remember having like many, if any, peers in my grade that were also like people of color. And my sisters uh, conversely go to um, Eden Prairie High School, where there are so surrounded by like yeah. brown kids and black kids and 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 students of like of every color and every origin and it really does change the way that you grow up the things that you believe you can do when you're older when you see people around you when you see your role models reflected as when you, you yeah. when, when they look like you and yes, you've seen people who are absolutely leaders. well we have to go to break but there'll be more more intensity and excitement and good sharing about multicultural opportunities, advocacy, and changing the world. Stick with us and get connected. We'll be right back.
Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Connie Bure, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. Join us next week for part two of our discussion on mental health as we focus on treatment of children and adults. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the Eastside's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Find a wide selection of outdoor hearth products at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Whether you prefer wood or gas, Woodland Stoves has the fire to fit your home. Pizza aficionados know nothing matches masonry oven baking for capturing flavor and nutrition. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces can easily install one in your home or business. Enthusiasts use these ovens year-round for bread making, wood roasting, even grilling. The mission and passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. The way humans relate to fire is primordial. We have used fire to warm our bodies, cook our meals, and kindle our spirits. Our team has the know-how to do this in a clean-burning and environmentally smart way. Visit our store and experience the diversity. We have over 35 working units on display at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin. See us online at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that fits and works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for sunny skies today with a high near 75. Tonight clear with a low around 49. Sunday sunny with a high near 76. And Monday a chance for rain with a high around 69. This Saturday from 9 to 4, Better Futures Minnesota will be hosting their Memorial Day weekend customer appreciation day. Everything in the warehouse will be on sale, but if you mention you heard about Saturday's event on AM 950, you'll receive 50% plus 950 off a future purchase of $20 or more. Learn more at betterfuturesminnesota.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And today we are co-producing our show with RISE, and that stands for the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And Asma Mohammed is my co-host. Hi, everyone. So, Asma, we've been talking about the legislative session, uh, some of the frustrations on the bills that you've worked with that are not going to be able to go through. They've been stalled. They've been taken out. Uh, In our last segment, we heard a little bit more from Hiba Hassan, who is 19 years old, pre-law, and uh, out there kicking butt, (laughs) doing some advocacy. And she was sharing some stories of how she presented her issues for advocacy and some of the challenges that you faced. So let's go a little further about here, here you were presenting your ideas and not all of the folks you presented to were receptive. Some got a little bizarre. Um, but how did that make you feel? And what would you like to see different? And what, what things do you think about for next, next, next session? Well, I came out of it and I was um, like upset and confused and and my mom was at work, but the first person that I called was my dad and I was running him through all of these issues that I heard and he was like, why don't you just run? And I was like, I don't know because I'm 19 years old and I don't have any experience. And he was like, well, look up constitutionally how old you have to be. Like, what are the rules? And you have to be 21 by the time you're elected, which I will be when the next, next election rolls around. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, even if I wasn't going to be able to 
to secure the position, I think it does matter um, for people in my community to see that that the younger generation cares about these issues and is willing to do something about it. So for me, I felt like my next step is that I should seriously look into what it would take to run and what it would take to like inspire my community in Prior Lake, Minnesota to to see that there are other options beyond the same person that we've had in office for like a gazillion years. So have you started that process? Kind of. I've I've talked with um, a lot of people. I've ta- I've I've obviously talked with you, Esma, a lot, um, and I've talked with some other people in Rise, and I've just looked more into what the process itself would entail. Um, I'm still on the fence about it, but I do know that I'm not going to stop railing against uh, Representative Tony Albright until he is held accountable for the things that he said and the preposterous reasons why he can't listen to the things that I have to say. If you were to run. What would be a key message that you'd like to share with your Prior Lake residents that are going to be your community that you would serve? I think I would say that there is nothing wrong with something different. I think that we've had the same people in power, um, especially coming out of this very uh, tight-knit neighborhood that is lacking diversity. And I think that people believe that there is no real reason to look to change because there's nothing they need to change about their community. And I kind of want to show them that not only are there things that we can change about like the way that we live or about the things that we support, but we can do it from the inside out with, with new blood in the government system. I think a lot of times young people either feel disheartened by the way that the political sphere is working. Like you look at things that are happening. I mean, I've been talking a lot with um, some like seventh, eighth, ninth graders about the abortion ban down mm-hmm. in Alabama, and you see that half of them, I think, have given up. Like they, they just don't think that there's any point to us doing something about it because they feel like they're not heard or they're not taken seriously. And the other half are enraged and ready to do something about it. And I think the more people you get who are like angry and persistent about these issues, the more activism you create amongst people my age, the more likely you are to find change in the future. I think the older people get, the less uh, open they are to change. Yeah, for and sure. And the less uh, comfortable they may be with multicultural What I love about millennials and Zs and the ones coming up after Zs is a total embracing and excitement and enthusiasm and a passion for having multicultural, that there's uh, a beauty and an excitement. I think if we could start to get uh, communities of color in powerful political positions, uh, there would be a more cross-cultural understanding. I think the fears that folks have are not legitimate, um, but that's their fears. That's their their tribe that they grow yeah. up in. And as we were talking about before with the surprise that Asma had in sharing her story, it, it really touched a, a, a person's heart, and he changed the way he was going to vote. So I encourage you. I hope you will. I, I think it would be good. We're going to make for you it consider. happen, Lori. <laughs> um, I've been telling him, I'm like, every training I find, I'm sending you. So I'm always like messaging her and saying like, hey, are you free for this? Are you free for that? What about this thing? Because you're right. We do like you're right and you're right. We need to change and we need it from this younger generation because they, I feel like, are seeing things that we aren't. Mm-hmm. I work with high school students every week. And the issues that they bring to me are things that, like, I would never even have thought about because I'm, like, schools, kids. Like, you know, of course, like, we're think- we're only thinking about education when we think about kids, but there's so much more that affects them and impacts their daily lives that we're not thinking about. From, like, health care to, like, you know, family sustenance, like, all these different things are impacting their every day, and we aren't talking about them. So, um, and, of course, on social media, these kids are talking about everything. Mm-hmm. Did you think 7th and 8th graders are talking about abortion bans? No, that that surprised me. I have yeah. to say, thank, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. It's like, that's great that you're talking with them about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I it's, it's a family group chat of these of these girls that I grew up with. And I think the youngest one in this chat is in 7th grade. The oldest is a uh, senior in high school. And, I mean, I see them reposting on Instagram, reposting on Snapchat, you know, that, like, it is a woman's choice. A woman's body is her choice on how she wants to proceed with whatever she does. And it is so inspiring to see them, I mean, caring. Because there's so many other, there, there are so many things that kids could care about that I think kids probably should care about more because you're only a kid for so long. But to see them, like, actively engaged in their future, I mean, I, 
that's something that I didn't see growing up. I think one thing that I've seen is that our our growing generation doesn't have a choice in whether or not they can care. Like, they are actively impacted by school shootings. They are yeah. actively impacted by this hateful rhetoric that's going to either, like, feed their own hate or feed hate against them. Like, they are experiencing all these things that none of us experienced, like, growing up. And so they they already know. I don't know if I knew in first grade who the president was. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I did. I probably did. But, like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think. I didn't have any opinions about him. But these kids do. And I think they also understand uh, beyond that the environment itself. We might have 20 years. Now, 20 years for someone like me is not 20 years for a young person who's looking at, you know, the rest of their life. What does the environment look like? And I think they want a healthy environment, not just – in the the land, but also in the community that yes. we create. Like, uh, what does that mean to be healthy and what exactly. does that mean to be? And I've always thought that what makes uh, diversity in plants healthy makes humans healthy as well, mm-hmm. that, that we thrive when we celebrate our diversity Absolutely. and we create uh, a sense of inclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one time I, I heard someone describe what's the difference between diversity, inclusion, and multicultural. And they described diversity as, well, you got invited to the party. Mm-hmm. And inclusion, well, you got asked to dance. Mm-hmm. But multicultural, a true expression, is when you're part of the party planners. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see when people get into politics and I have leadership roles. You're not just being invited. You are part of the planning. You are part of the vision. You know, We are all fabric together in creating what our future should look like and how we weave it. Absolutely. And even in thinking about representation, like imagining for me, imagining someone like Hibba in that seat specifically, right? Like that's that's radical right now like when you think about it it's radical because you're seeing such a huge shift but we've seen that people are responding so well to these candidates that are like really progressive and that these candidates who are actually representing their values because for so long like when you when your representative doesn't care about you you're not going to care about politics but imagine if your representative constantly in the community right like for example Aisha's gomez's um her district is now like more engaged than ever ilhan's district is more engaged than ever alexandria ocasio cortez's district more engaged than ever why because these women have opened the door and said guess what government is accessible when we're going to make it more accessible well she also kind of gives you you know the i love the facebook uh the instagram just, stories and all I, that yeah i love them yes. you kinda, and this is what happened today right and she's <laughs> like and today i get to eat taco bell or like wendy's or whatever because that's real life stuff and yeah. otherwise we were you know we were being shown just the the highlights or just the 30 second quick sound bite exactly and we were only be show, being shown like you know what the what the good bills were we won't we don't know people's voting records now like we know because she's posting about them <laughs> and i think that's like something that's so transformational in this generation like we are able to hold people accountable through social media too yeah. so asma are you going to run you know face it back to me so you guys can <laughs> see this in person um I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I think there there are things this session that have made me incredibly frustrated, as I mentioned before. And um, I am at a point where I feel like, of course, we need more representation, but it takes a lot of energy. One of my friends, Jeremiah Ellison, is on the Minneapolis City Council, and it's been a really, really rough year. And to know that, like, one of my friends felt the need, like, he felt like he had to run for office. He didn't want to. He was like, I need to for my community. Um, Just, what, five, four years ago, he and I were protesting together after Jamar Clark was killed, right? Mm -hmm. On that same street, we were protesting. And now he's in city council. But for him, he never really wanted to be there. He was like, I have to. And that's how I feel. Like, and I think, I don't know if that's how you feel, too, but, like, for me, it's like, I, I don't want to. The work I'm doing right now feeds my soul. If I had to leave it because other people aren't doing their jobs well enough, that would hurt me. So when people are like, us, run for office, run for office, I'm like, I love what I do right now. Like, let me do it. Can we have other people who want to do this run for office? And I think there are days when I'm like, yes, we need to change everything. But that change is killing people in government who are trying to make that change. I see all of our progressive champions who are like, working themselves to i mean to nothing they're sleeping at the capitol because that's what they're up against do i have it in me right now no straight up just no i like what what i'm doing right now is hard enough 
Um, and I love being able to talk and interact with people every day. And I think that as a legislator, it's really hard because you're surrounded by this, with this group, especially in the Senate, with white men who are not going to listen to you. It's not just when you're a constituent. They're not listening to you when you are their colleague, right? So I, right now, no. But but I, you're pretty good at picking people and encouraging oh, them. Yeah. I mean, heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am. Um, and that's why I think people like Hibba who are like, I have the energy. I can do this. I need you. Like, I, the reason I push you is because I want more of this. This energy it just can't, it can't just be energy. If that energy goes nowhere, it's, it's hard for me to see that. But if it goes and it like, it creates real change, which it already is, right? You're working with these students, but I know that there's, there are so many more possibilities that we can see so much more. Um, so I know that there, Hibba is just one person here right now. There are so many more people who I know will run for government um, and will represent us. And I can't wait for the day when I'm represented by like all the Hibbas of the world. Well, in our next segment, we'll be talking about what does the future look like? Uh, what should we be working on now that the session's over? How do we prepare for next session? What are things that you can ask my audience to think about doing? And audience members, I want you to be thinking about how you can be an ally, how you can be a support how you can make a difference uh, because these are bills that help us all. So stay tuned, hang on, listen to a few good commercials that help pay for our wonderful show <laughs> and then come back and, um, and listen in, be a part of it, get connected. Thanks so much. Wild dancing, boisterous music, and a love story set against the backdrop of the Bosnian War. Park Square Theater presents Heaven by Theater in Residence Blindfoot Forum. A tale of finding common ground rather than fighting those who are different from us. Friendship, love, and painfully beautiful moments come to life through heart-stopping percussive dance. Balkan party music performed by Orkiz star BZ May. And driving songs by Chan Polig of the suburbs. Heaven runs May 31st through June 23rd. Find out more at parksquaretheater.org. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Enjoy made-from-scratch cooking at the family-owned Milton's, specializing in dishes like award-winning ribs and plank salmon grilled up on their charcoal grill. Satisfy any sweet tooth with incredible desserts like Bananas Foster. Milton's menu also includes gluten-free options and a large selection of local craft beers. Reservations accepted for groups of five or more. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. My first Toyota and the vehicle which made me fall in love with Toyotas was the RAV4. Now, Toyota is just teasing me as they have an all-new, fully redesigned RAV4. It's gorgeous. A distinct exterior that pops and a refined interior which has everything you want and room to move. And the big news is the RAV4 now comes in a hybrid version. Remember, every new Toyota comes with Toyota Care. Two years of free maintenance. Test drive the new RAV4 today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. 
And my co-host is Asma Mohammed, who is the advocacy director for RISE. RISE is co-producing the show with me. They are, RISE stands for the Reviving of the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. Welcome, Asma. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart in the show. You do such a beautiful job with the advocacy that you're working on and for bringing such a terrific guest today, uh, all about civic engagement. We have our special guest, Hiba Hassan. Very nice to have you here, Hiba. Thank you so much for having me. So in this segment, we were going to talk about next steps. The session's over, but that doesn't mean our work is. So tell me more, my friend Asma, about things to think about. Yeah. So I think that whenever session is over, people have this, a lot of people who have been advocating at the Capitol have this overwhelming feeling that it's all over. I, if something got done, you're like, the fight's done. And if something didn't, you're like, well, we failed. Guess what? There's another session coming up, not too far from now. And we need to lay the groundwork for that good work to happen. And when does the session start? The next session starts. Don't ask me questions. I don't know the answers to her. Sorry. Sorry. I'll look that up. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, I think it's in January. I could okay. be wrong. I'll look it up. Go for know. it. Go if for anyone it. knows, you can you can say it. <laughs> um, but there there is a lot that is at stake. And the thing is that when we are changing minds and hearts at the Capitol, that only like the groundwork that we lay in those communities happens beforehand. So if we're, there are people in districts that you really really care about, if you're getting them to start talking about um, significant issues, those are going to come up in that session. So when I go and talk to someone who is not my legislator and I'm not their constituent, they're not going to listen to me the same way that they're going to listen to like Hiba when she goes to, you know, talk to her representative. So what I want to do is make sure that we continue organizing. There was a protest just, was it yesterday? Yeah, the, yep, the rally was just yesterday at the Capitol um, around abortion bans. Like, that stuff still needs to keep happening. Right. People still need to stay educated and understand what's going on. Um, And if we don't, then nothing's going to happen at the Capitol. What legislators who don't want to see some of these, you know, progressive laws pass, what they're benefiting from is that the Capitol is pretty inaccessible. It feels inaccessible. You walk in and you're like, where do I go now? There is several buildings. And what we need to do, I think, is to show them like, hey, we do know what's going on. And there are people who are going to hold you accountable, even if I cannot be there. So one specific way that you can um, engage is, I think, show up at these rallies and protests for the issues that you care about. I know that people are like, well, we already protested. What now? Well, show up to that first one. Meet the people that you want to engage with. I think the people that I met through, like, organizing with Black Lives Matter, with um, Women's March, with all these, with Moms Demand Action, those are the people who support me on all these other issues. So meet those people. Build a community of people who really, really care. So start with that. And then I think next, start giving to the organizations that you really care about. So organizations, like, if you're like, I don't have time to do the work, I work, you know, 9 to 5, and I work night shifts and all this all, all this stuff, like, what you can do is actually donate to those organizations and either time or talent, right? Uh, time, talent, or treasure, sorry. Um, so time, talent, or treasure are all really important. The treasure part, just going to emphasize that a lot, because <laughs> we are constantly fighting to get grants to do the work that we do. And even when they run out... Uh, we're still pushing, we're still fighting, we're still trying to do everything that we can. But with your support, we can do even more. So if you are ever like, how can I do this work? Give to an organization that's going to do the work. We're always there. Um, there are so many other organizations like Take Action Minnesota. I mentioned Gender Justice, uh, Moms Demand Action. Like if you care about specific, specific issues, find an organization that's working on it. Donate to them so they can do the work for you. Um, if people are nervous that they don't know quite what to do, there are good trainings that you provide, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, Hiba, you've been to some of our trainings, but I'm gonna, just going to mention some of them. So, um, like, for example, if you've never been to a caucus and you want to for the first time, we will train you how. We have a training up on our um, Facebook page right now and then some others as well. Um, but caucusing is just, like, one step that you can take to engage with your community and your neighborhood, people from your political party. So we will train you for any political party that you belong to how to get involved. Um, Beyond that, we do trainings on legislative advocacy, how to find the issues that you care about. If you're like, I care about everything, how do I zero on on one or two? We'll help you figure it out because there are some key issues that, like, really touch our hearts and we need to focus on those. Um, I don't want people to put energy into every single bucket. If you have energy for two really big buckets or one 
that is actually giving more to the entire movement. Um, and then the other thing I think is uh, the other thing that we train people on is figuring out your like who you are. So we do intersectionality and identity trainings. We do trainings on how to build other women up in this movement because we're told to tear each other down. Um, but there there are so many trainings that we support um, and that we have. And then if we don't have a training that we provide, we will connect you with people who provide you know a training like for example on how to run for office. And you partner with yes. with other organizations yes. as we well. We partner with the National Council of Jewish Women. We're actually doing some anti-racism trainings and workshops that are coming up and every single time. So we're partnering with the Eastside Freedom Library that also co-hosts the show. Yeah. Um, we partner with the National Council of Jewish Women on anti-Semitism and Islamophobia workshops because we, a lot of the times, are impacted by the same issues. Maybe we're from different communities, but we come together on these specific issues that you know impact all of us. So we continue to partner, and if you can think of a way that you want to partner um, with like your mosque or your church, anything that you want, let us know. Um, reach out to us on our website. If you're not signed up for our newsletters already, do that so you know what's going on. And for those of you that were wondering about, well, when does the legislative session start? It starts next on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in January. So that that's when our legislation First Tuesday starts. after the first Monday. There you go. Very clear. So, Hiba, tell me about what you'd like to do next. Just in general? Uh, uh, for, that has to do with advocacy. Yeah. But it, yeah. I think... For me, my next step is figuring out just how to not only stay involved, um, especially when there's not necessarily something going on in Minnesota, but getting people my age involved as well. I mean, I have a lot of friends who I think care about these issues, but they don't really know what they can do or they don't feel like they're the kind of person who is like outspoken or or can go and do like public appearances or something like that and i feel like there are so many options in so many ways for people to contribute if, if it's financially if it's just talking within your own community if it's showing up to rallies if it's protesting and i think my goal is to get more people my age involved and hopefully supporting me if i if i do choose to go through with this plan of of becoming district representative when i'm 21 <laughs> Well, that's terrific. I hope that you'll come back and share your vision with us uh, yes. as we continue to support you in your political journey. Yeah, and, and have a, we're seeing 2020 coming up, right? So, like, 2016 was traumatizing for so many of us. Is there anything in 2020 that gives you hope? The fact that things can change. I think that we have a lot of um, new women in office now. I think that we have a lot of, like like we talked about in the last segment, social engagement with social media. I think that that can change everything. And I think we all should work together in getting people registered. Yes. Register yes. to Absolutely. vote. Yes. So if you want training on how to register people to vote, let us know um, because we it's it's easy it's fast um, and we can make sure that it happens for you so we'll be at a lot of mosques this um, next summer and making sure people register but because 2020 I believe is going to be a kickoff for hope hope so that's our year that's yeah. our year well thanks for tuning in and being with us today as we chat about uh, civic engagement advocacy and ways that we can all work together towards a world that's more connected Thanks for being with us today, and thank you both for sharing all the good work you're doing. Thank you. Have a good one.